Now, you'd be hard-pressed to find a band more universally liked and appreciated than Polish Club. The Sydney duo made up of Novak and, and J.H. or John Henry, if we're being formal, <laughs> have earned a reputation for being some of the hardest workers and nicest blokes in the local music scene, while also crafting some of the most energetic and exciting rock music in the game. They've already sculpted two incredible albums, 2017's All Right Already and 2019's Beloved Iguana, and now they've returned with Now We're Cooking, a ripping album of rock pop cuts that house some of the best tracks they've released in Stop For A Minute and Just Talkin', just to name a few. So to chat how it all came together, we're super excited to welcome Novak and JH to the Tuck Shop. Welcome, guys. Hi, John. Can I get a packet of, uh, like a small packet of salt and vinegar chips and uh, some like little fruit, those little balls that are like dried fruit, but like in tiny little balls with covered in coconut. Yum. He actually only has pizza rounders left. So if you're up for a pizza rounder, we can get you one of those. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I'll take it. I'm desperate measures. It's like four day delivery on online orders from grocery stores now. So I'm, I'm basically eating anything I find in the cupboard. Which is spam. It's all spam. Well, it's actually a loophole that the Tuck Shop Radio does deliver groceries. So if anyone wants to call in at any time, we'll be around. Mick will personally deliver it to your house. Fantastic. How are you guys? Let's get stuck in. We're both great. Um, The album is finally out next week after being a bit delayed. How does it feel to get a project out and into the world during this very difficult time? How are you feeling, John? What do you reckon? Um, I've, I was, I thought I was feeling fine and, oh, I thought I was feeling like a bit like, yeah, whatever about it. I, I think we had an interview the other day and I was like, yeah, whatever. And, uh, but today I kind of had like a little mini breakdown and I realized that I always get a little stressed out like the week leading up to a release that I don't even, but I don't realize it. I don't know. That sounds healthy. I mean, I, I guess it means you're excited, in other words, to put to put a positive spin on it. I don't know. It's 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 tricky because we recorded this album in August last year. So um, you go through peaks and troughs and it, uh, you know, doing interviews on um, on your computer and stuff and not going into stations and, and not doing them face to face. You can kind of almost convince yourself it's not actually happening <laughs> if you try hard enough. So um, I guess uh, once we get all the hate mail on Friday, cause the album's rubbish, <laughs> um, then it'll feel real. Well, that sounds good. Look, you've, you've said in press releases that this album was all about like trimming the fat you know, through the process of songwriting. Can you elaborate on what what you meant by that and like how that looked through the whole process? I think um, our, our whole onus now is trying not to write rock music while knowing full well all we can do is write rock music. So, um, you know, it's kind of fun and freeing now because we go... We've, we've gone through periods of writing several of them where it's we, we we get songs and we give them to management and to the label and go here you go guys there's some there's something new from the polish club boys it's gonna it's gonna blow your mind um and then they come back and they're like yeah it's a, it's a good rock song i guess um yeah, so they, everything they comes come out with, uh, they always come back with oh rock music doesn't really stream so can we get something 
that's not that, please. Yeah, can we bring back like can you guys bring back dubstep or something? No, I mean like they're always there's always space for one rock band. That's my um theory, right? It's um when when those grossos at the, at the pub are like, "Oh, rock never dies, man." They're they're right, but I I feel like there's only room for a couple of rock bands right now or forever, you know. Um so happy to do it and we're always trying to not do it but we always end up in the same place which is fun because you know that we always have that to fall back on and we can you know try to write a disco song or try to write uh an r&b song or whatnot genres are all so old hat now i feel like in the age of streaming genres don't matter so much because you listen to artists and you listen to playlists and and it's it's a mishmash of all sorts of stuff anyway. So I feel like yeah. Polish cult fits right into that. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've really been saying that, like the genre, like you can't really label genre anymore because like you have like people saying something like a radio station is an alternative music radio station. But like, what does that even mean? It could mean anything really. Like you could put, like I remember we were in the LA once and we'll listen to that alternative rock uh radio station and they're playing like pink and stuff like that and like taylor swift and i'm like i was like can someone tell me what alternative is like i don't understand it's literally walking the streets of la going hey could someone please explain to me what alt music is and true enough i mean no one really could i think you came you came to the decision john that it was um stuff that doesn't really fit on a commercial radio station. Oh, not a commercial, but like a pop radio station. Which is every time, BS. But every time someone would try and define it, then you'd listen to the radio station and then so they'd play something that would break that like way of defining it. It's yeah, pretty, I mean, like, up. honestly, we should all just be focusing on making more music that can be played at the coffee shop. Coffee and chill is the way of the future and it's going to pay your bills. No, my, my new theory for music, popular music now, is you need it needs to be music. Well, no matter what genre you perceivably. Record. Yeah, it needs to be music, John. You're correct with that. <laughs> it, needs to be, it needs to be music that can be like background music if you turn it low volume, or you can dance, you can or party music when you turn it up. That's that's what sells. You are 100% correct. And you know, every time I hear one of our songs, like anywhere and someone puts one on, I'm like, oh yeah, I could see this being on, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever, until like the chorus comes in and then it's like, and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard not to um, try hard, I guess. Well, <laughs> Speaking of writing the songs for the cafes and for daily playlisting on gigantic multinational uh, streaming services, you said you wrote about 90 songs for the record through this kind of mad dash of songwriting. How did you even begin to pare them down for what came actually on the album? Oh, I think it was actually 100. Crazy. It was 190, I think, uh, wasn't it? I mean, we, we you might as well stop counting. It depends on how you define a song, though. But, John, do you want to take them through the process of how we whittle down the songs? Because it's quite a simple answer. Well, you just give, um, like, a folder of demos to uh, your A&R manager, and he just he just says he doesn't like any of them except maybe one. And then you keep doing that. I just that. don't get it. I just don't get it. 
what were the what were the notes that you were getting back? What were they saying um, to you about these songs? Shit, that's the note. <laughs> the note. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's it. I get it because um, we know what we do. I, for lack of a better word, well, we know what our strengths are and we can play to them. Um, it becomes difficult when you try to take a left turn and do something different. And and then the communication gets uh, a bit more difficult because you can't really articulate, A, what we're going for and B, what uh, other people are expecting. So you always will have to come to a compromise, which we are more than happy to do. But um, that's how you get to you know, 80 jettisoned ideas and 10 songs that are on the album. You you just have to keep going, keep going. And that process inevitably is going to lead us to writing a song or an album that is full of songs trying to be, you know, singles or, or pop songs as catchy as possible. And that's kind of what the trimming of the fat is that we're referring to. And it's, it's kind of by necessity now, but I think, um, you know, it works out well with what we're we're trying to do. I think everyone's on the same page of trying to reach as many people as possible and and make music that the you know majority of people can enjoy in some way. Yeah, yeah. Making making music when you got like a team, like a team of people, like you know, we have like we got multiple people we got to like run stuff by. It just it's just different to to making um, records by like you know. When you by yourself, I guess. Would the album have been much different if it was just you guys? Like nobody else listened to these songs before you put it out. Would it have been a lot different? I don't even know if it would. I mean, it it, it probably like no doubt it would have come out completely a different album. But I think we'd still, regardless, want to be writing music that can be fitted into all of these on the radio and 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 on on people's personal playlists and and we want it to be malleable and accessible i don't i don't really see that as a bad thing um and you know the same point uh you know works with regards to writing pop songs like we just want to we want to write a catchy hook i i i'm obsessed with with melodies that get stuck in your head there's nothing more satisfying than knowing you're able to do that and i think aiming uh, towards a point where you're confident in writing something that can, you know, bury itself into someone's head, whether they like it or not, is um, it's a really hard thing to do. And I think that scares away a lot of people and why you get a lot of artists being like, no, I'm right. I'm writing this just for me, man. Like, forget about everyone else. It's only my opinion that matters, which is like, it's pointless. You know, it's the whole, like, if a tree falls in the forest and, and no one hears your music, what's what's the point? I, I really do not find satisfaction. You, you might personally in, enjoy enjoy the music, though, more. But um, I, I feel like, you know, when we started, we were like, you know, it was a bit throwaway and we were just like garage, garage, kind of punky, kind of whatever. Um, but then as you kind of like move along your, your musical journey and you like, it kind of just changes and we, I don't know, it, you just gotta, you just gotta like approach it, approach writing to where you are, where you're at, I think. And, and I think, where at. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, at least I would speak for John, but the, that moment, there's a, there's a real distinct moment when you release something and you realize that way more people than you ever thought would um even hear it 
have actually connected with it and enjoyed it and want to, you know, pay money to see it live and, and whatnot. Um, once you feel that, that becomes the, the goal, that becomes the satisfaction, that becomes the thing you want to, to grow rather than, um, uh, what, what kind of self-satisfaction can I do now? It's like, no, how can I, you know, um, intrigue these people and more than these people uh, as much as possible. Now, one of my favorite tracks is the opener and one of the singles stop for a minute. We'll give it a play here in a second. Um, when did that one come out in the recording process? How did it come together? Um, I think that, that was, yeah, I think that came out kind of later, 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 like probably the last batch when we were really, I mean, we were at the point where we, we had like kind of like a deadline. We booked the studio, I think, or we, we were kind of like at the point where we were like, we need to start recording at this point. But then there wasn't enough songs <laughs> for, for us to get the money to do the recording. So we we're like, shit, we got to, we got to like, we got to write some hits now. And I think, <laughs> but they're like, no, nah, that's just like, you know, I'm being facetious, but like, you know, we're like, we got to like, cr- get some songs across the line so we had like i think our last batch had has the majority of the songs on the album because we just i don't yeah. know we just kind of like figured it out i think it was the moment it was after the moment where we were like oh i i think we're we're what we're trying to do now is write the most immediate songs we can and write songs that um that can be you know or, or write a, a single that can get to the point with a hook and like a simple riff, two chords. We were really at the point of like, how can how can we write a song where the melody is like everything? And um, you know, I think it's it's really well represented in that one because the, most of the song, except the bridge, is 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 two chords over and over and over. And then on top of that, John was just like, write write another melody, write another melody, and just keep going one after the other so there's like three or four different hooks in it um where we actually got to the point where we were recording it we we swapped them around the chorus became the pre-chorus the core the pre-chorus became the chorus and it was it was nice because like they were all kind of catchy in their own in their own um in isolation so you could kind of just just slot them in anywhere and they would just work as a new hook Awesome. Well, let's listen to a stop for a minute. We've got Polish Club on the line. You guys stick around for a few more minutes and we'll keep chatting. Let's go. That right there is, of course, Stop for a Minute. The opening track from the brand new Polish Club album due out next Friday called Now We're Cooking. And we are definitely cooking with gas with Wiz because because we've got Novak and John Henry on the phone from the band. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us on the Tuck Shop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What a banger. What a red hot banger. (laughs) Um, You said you were sick of that song. John, uh, you heard it a few times. I'm, well, I'm sick of all all these songs, really. 
We have to, in our defense, we have to listen to them a lot. Sure. Yeah, and, I, I and, often wonder about, um, you know, the pop artists who go through like 40 mixes of a track before okaying it and sending it off to get mastered. Like, I don't know how they keep a frame of reference because after like three listens of a song, I'm like, it, it means nothing to me. I have no idea what it's supposed to sound yeah, like right. anymore. Yeah. And, always, and I reckon usually the first or well, second mix is the best one anyway. So. Yeah. But we've, we've been, we recorded this like last year, like over a year ago. So I'm done. I'm ready to move on. Well, we'll try and uh, sneak in a new song at the end of the interview, but I um, really appreciate you guys jumping on the Zoom for here in the Tuck Shop Hour interview. Uh, the album, as we mentioned before, it comes out on Friday. There's 10 tracks in there. And like you mentioned, there is a, something in there for everybody. Like, seriously, we're, we're talking about throwing genres out the window. All 10 songs, I feel like, but a different style. They're still Polish Club tracks, but there's you've played around with a few different things in there. Um and you're also going to be touring this with a four-piece band. Uh, was that sort of in the back of your mind when you were recording this, that you want to make the sound bigger? Apart from the last song, of course, but some of the songs like a bit more full, a bit more things going on? I think so. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's really freeing on stage when you have two other people to fall back on. Um, and I think when we, we played a couple of shows in Sydney, like late last year, um, and, and one in Melbourne and Brisbane earlier this year. And you kind of realize how much, um, how much it's kind of holding you back sometimes in songs when you rely on, on just two people, um, even in the studio. And I think it freed us up mentally, um, just, just seeing how much more was possible and how it could also still sound totally like us. I mean, at the end of the day, like the first album, the second album, there's bass on it. There's a bunch of stuff that we can't replicate live, but you have to really focus on the aforementioned hooks and like the parts of the songs that, that you lean on to um, get stuck in people's heads. So as long as those things are there, I don't really care how much more stuff you add on it because the, the bare bones of it um, still rely on John and I to do. Yeah, I think the main thing, and as, as lame as lame as it sounds, is like you can we can kind of like jam jam out uh, more when there's more people, and like you know, yeah, and, and sit down. Yeah, Novak can have right. a sit down. <laughs> it's amazing because yeah, oh, I always want to sit down. I think it, it's it's incredible because like having people like Dan and Kirsty on stage. You know, we've got access now to keys, bass, saxophone, people who can actually sing. Um, <laughs> it, it's fun keeping that in mind when, um, you know, not only writing new music, but also translating that to a live show. Um, it's a lot more work because we all have to be on the same page and, and kind of figure out what we're going to do and what we are going to try to replicate from the literally, record. But, uh, literally added two of the best musicians in Australia as well, like Dan from Us and Kirsty from Party Dozen. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's like dream band pretty much. Yeah. Except also average, average out the people on stage. We have a perfectly average band on stage. Two of the best, two of the worst. <laughs> You said that you've said that all the references for this record ended up being kind of pop and R and B. What artists were you channeling kind of throughout the recording and songwriting? John, which ones are you willing to admit to? 
Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, music just comes from, you know, like from thin air and you just, you know, you just think about a Think about a song. Think about like you know. Oh, today I'm going to write a song, and it just comes from magically from nowhere, you know. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I I also like in our defense. I feel like we've referenced a pretty wide variety of popular acts uh, for previous music, and whenever I've said, "Oh, you know, we were trying to write." a mariah carey song or you know this this was influenced by boys to men or whatever people go ha 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 okay cool and then want to talk about the foo fighters or something and it's it's kind of redundant because i i feel like now whatever um we're aiming for is always so impossible for us to reach i'm never going to be able to sing like a dog whistle like mariah carey can so um we kind of we kind of don't really worry too much about you know focusing on what the influences are there's john said he had a, a, what was it 400 songs in your influence playlist got like yeah i got like an influ- like a little like reference playlist and, and it it, li- it listens like if you're going to listen to it it's it's like a new music friday like mess yeah. and uh but like when you when we like kind of use when i like reference stuff it's it's not like you're not like ripping it off or anything. It's just like rhythm, rhythm. Mostly, it's like rhythm ideas and things like that. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it, it's I, it's really it's well, always like really. I guess I guess we can. He's gone. I feel like it's always my time to shine. I feel like it's always really simple things that kick off our our ideas. So like, and it always comes from John and his scary enormous playlist where it's like oh so and so is only singing um he's barely singing melodically like can you just just try to do something where you're only singing one note i think i had a i had a revelation one time that um what's the song uh coming out of my head, mr brightside by the killers is it, it, it like broke records in the uk for being the the longest um song on the top 10 charts in the uk or whatever and um the i saw a video saying the reason for that or one of the big reasons for it is it's like a pub chant it's like a football chant where there's only one note in the whole verse and then the the pre-course is like two notes or something so it's like little ideas like that rather than like not that Mr. Brightside was a reference. I don't think it ever was. But ideas like, you know, can you sing a song? Can you write a verse right now that's just one note? How are you going to do that? And then we go from there. It's a jumping off point. Um, not necessarily like, let's write Mr. Brightside, because that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, some, sometimes our writing sessions are like an amazing race um, episode or something where I give you an, <laughs> an envelope and you... <laughs> Uh, I wanted to go- ask you guys quickly about your like a version that you did because it was so good. It was Doja Cat's Say So for people out there that haven't heard it. One of the biggest pop hits of the last couple of years. Now, 10 years ago, if a rock band or whatever kind of band you are, as we've discussed genre, you know, genres don't exist. But if the idea of like a rock band walked into Triple J 10 years ago to cover that a song like that, it would have been... A quite an, an interesting controversy on the airwaves. Is it <laughs> nice to see that change in the industry that like you can walk in, perform Doja Cat, get the hell out of there, and everyone's like, that was fucking great. 
Yeah, I think it's nice to be able to take a song that people have really strong opinions on and be able to be like, look at how great this lyricism is. Look at how great this melody is. It doesn't matter how it's produced. It doesn't matter who's doing it. Uh, it doesn't matter if I'm singing to a guy. Like, who cares? Nothing matters except the melody. And I think that's kind of, um, that's what, the inspiration of choosing an interesting choices. It's uh, choosing songs that people be, will be like, oh, what, what, why? And they'll be like, oh, actually, it's weird. The song is good. And it's like, yeah, the, the original is good. You just have these weird beliefs of, about music that no one cares about. <laughs> yeah, my original idea, though, was to do Under the Bridge verbatim, though, like just exactly <laughs> version. Which I think would have done even Sometimes better. I it's yeah. I I I have done that. I think my school assembly in year twelve, me and my high school band played a red hot chili peppers medley that culminated in the entirety of Under the Bridge. And it probably still to this day, no offense, John, is, is my crowning achievement. <laughs> is, that when you, is that when you bled from your neck? Um, <laughs> no, that was a school assembly. I had really bad acne and I we did uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name. And I made the poor choice of wearing a white T-shirt, which was covered in blood uh, from acne because I, I uh, went really hard. It was it was it was more fun than it sounds. If I'm being honest, it sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> we are very very excited to have the album coming out on Friday. You are hopefully going to be touring it around in October November. These dates, of course, are you know pending shit, but it's going to be with Press Club, who are again you two Press Club and Polish Club together. It's it's a match made in heaven. I cannot believe the clubs have finally joined. It's going to be exciting. Big clubs. <laughs> The I honestly yeah. most most of the people I know that are gonna that have got tickets are coming for press club. <laughs> like legit. Yeah, no. I'd buy a ticket for press club. <laughs> Show up early, get home at dinner time, easy peasy. I, I hope you go early do a collab time. a collab song as well on stage because that'll be amazing. Uh we are very, very much hoping that's all gonna go ahead. But uh, look out for those dates, keep an eye on them. The album is out next Friday. And if you are that way inclined, which which I very much am you can collaborate and eat a burger with Polish Club on their day of release on Friday. I went and did this burger head thing two weeks ago on my birthday. I made a burger while I was watching a live video, and it was Burger Head, who I love. And then I find out you guys are doing a burger. You've, you've made a burger with Burger Head to make online. How do you go about making a burger? This is awesome. I have absolutely no idea. Our <laughs> label, I think, maybe knew someone oh. and made it happen. We were trying. It was, it, for the record, it was our idea. Uh, we just didn't have the skills or resources to put it into action. But you can order the burger. Make your make your Polish Club burger at home kit. You can order it now. I think until they'll take orders until Wednesday at 4 p.m. Uh, and you get the, two uh, burgers and a digital album for the low low price of thirty five dollars. And it's the actual burger of the of our of our album cover, except instead of us as the meat, it's meat <laughs> as the meat, right? Is that yeah. more um, I reckon it would be tastier if I'm being honest, but the logistics would just be a nightmare, honestly. Yeah. You don't want to lose too much, too many body parts, depending on how many you sold, you know, you're gonna 
I got a lot of meat, my friend. Like, there's enough to go around. It's just, I, I like, as I said before, I like to sit. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> oh, well, it's not very COVID well, safe, is it? No, I suppose, I suppose not. Uh, hey, thanks, Novak and John Henry for joining us on the Tuck Shop. It's bloody great to talk to you. Uh, good luck with the album on Friday. You're going to be having a big week, I reckon. Yeah, it feels like a full time job now. I'll tell you what, but we're the end is in sight. The end is in sight. Uh, we are going to very, very sneakily play another new a new track from the album. One that we, we might get in trouble for playing, but we're going to do it anyway. It's the second oh. song on the album. It's called- Rock and roll, let's go! <laughs> it's called New Age. Uh, I reckon there's a little bit, and I, I don't know, you know, you might, well, guys might shoot me down on this, but I reckon there's a bit of a two-door cinema club feel to this track. Um, second song on oh. the album. Did, did, did you guys know those guys? Not personally. No. Well, what do you reckon, John? How do you feel about a two-door cinema club comparison? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> In the end, it's a, it's, like- it's a brilliant Polish club track. It's called New Age. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Take care. Hey. Everyone stay home. Be safe. Buy a burger. Buy an album. <laughs> PolishClubShop.com. 2SER. Let's go.